Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions. I team up with my good friends, Pastor Jeff Figs from Greeley, Colorado, Calvary Chapel, and Pastor Nick Cady from Longmont, Colorado, Whitefields Community Church, and a host of other pastors that fill in from time to time, grateful for the uh, relationships that are built in Christ. Calvary Live is a live program uh, originating here at the Grace FM studios in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, It is a part of the Grace FM uh, ministry lineup, and it's broadcast live up and down the Front Range in Colorado. Of course, if you're listening to uh, this program on Hope FM or Truth FM, or another station around the country, then you know that you are hearing this one week delayed. Uh, and and that's kind of a, a cool thing because the one week delay means that you can call during the show and we'll take your question, answer it live, and then you can tune in the following week on the same day, same time, and hear yourself on the radio. Uh, and so... Uh, we are grateful to be a small part of the big work that God's doing in your life and invite you to join us. The call, uh, the show is really uh, most effective when we have full phone lines. And the phone line to get on the air with me is 303 690 3000. 303 690 3000. Or uh, you can text me 720 and that's a text a line that's dedicated to texting uh, during the four o'clock hour here Mountain Time. We open it up for the sake of questions uh, and prayer requests, of course. But it's also been opened up twenty four hours a day, seven days a week for a text prayer line, and you can use that anytime, day or night. And we will see it, and we will pray for you, and then we'll pass it on to our prayer team so that you're covered. Uh, in prayer, and it's been interesting. Uh, the the, the re- <clears throat> excuse me, the requests that have been coming in. I'll read a few of them to you uh, that are generic. Uh, you know, I want to make sure that uh, you know that they're generic, but nonetheless, just topics that are coming in. Um, that's been a lot of anxiety, hard to live day to day. There have been spiritual warfare. Um, there's a willingness to appreciation for ministry in New Mexico, um, <clears throat> worried about a job, and headaches and chest pains, um, uh, uh, just a, a general prayer for faith in the Lord, trust in the Lord. Uh, so, I mean, I could go through uh, right now, the, the box has been prayed for, it just needs to be forwarded to our prayer team. So why don't you join us? If you have a prayer request or you have a question for the show, 
0897, texting, texting only. But if you'd like to join me on the air, that number is 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions. Uh, Waiting patiently for the phone lines to fill up. How are you doing with the stay-at-home order? Um, How is it affecting you? How's it affecting your home? How's it affecting you with kids? How's it affecting you working, homeschooling, um, can't really do anything but go go grocery shopping? Um, You know, maybe go outside, ride a bike or something, but wow, how's it affecting you? Give me a call, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Millican, Colorado. Chad is on the line. Chad, welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. What's going on? Um, So I got an issue with with my my dad. Okay. uh, He always always sends me videos about conspiracy theories. Okay. And he he name-calls if you don't believe it. He says he's a... A believer, I mean, he says he reads the Bible daily and and everything. But the last one was was COVID nineteen, and it's, he's okay. like, you know, it's, it's not real. And right. I was like, well, you know, I'm not gonna watch an hour video like the hour videos he's sending me. And he's like, you need to you need to go out there and and not wear a mask. And I was just like, well, you know, I got a kid, <laughs> I got two kids and a wife, and you know, even if it's not real, it's, it's best to be safe. And he's like. He's like, if you wear if you wear a mask, you're an idiot. And I was like, well, mm. you know, like you're you're trying to cause. I told him, I was like, biblically, you're you're, you're trying to cause division in my family. I was like, right. if my if my wife wants wants me to be safe, and and pretty much almost requires it, you know, like out of respect for her, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do that to the family, you know. I, I don't know. Well, I don't know what to do with that. But <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what I do with it. Um, I don't get them from my dad, uh, but I do get them from people all the time. Um, I get texts, I get YouTube videos, I get long, someone will send me. And I I think for the most part, they're probably pretty um, well-meaning. But like you, I I don't have the time. Uh, I purposely avoid all that stuff to begin with. Uh, I don't have the time to go down rabbit trails of conspiracy theories and you know, I don't, I can't watch an hour video and let somebody, you know, do somebody's homework for them. Um, I don't watch those on purpose. So I, I, how I handle that is, you know, I, I try to speak to the, to the facts that we can agree on. And I think you're doing that, whether you realize that or not. One of the facts that you and your dad can agree on is that you have an obligation to your wife and to your child that you want to be, that you want to fulfill. Uh, you want her to have a peace about this situation. You want to honor her request. You, it's not unreasonable her request, um, you know. And if your dad indeed is a man of the Bible and a man of the Word, then you can also take him down the road of the Bible tells us that when you and your wife got married, that he was to leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. And so his obligation, your obligation now, is to your wife. Uh, and the if if for no other reason you wear a mask and you take precautions for the sake of your wife, that's enough. That settles the matter. And your dad, you know, then it becomes a respect issue. And then you can change, you could flip the table on him, you know, depending on what 
what kind of relationship you have with them, but you could flip the whole table on them and say, well, let's just set aside the COVID-19 thing for a second, dad, and tell me what you think about my, my marriage and what the Bible has to say about my marriage. And, and again, depending on what kind of relationship you have, he has to agree with you on that. The Bible is crystal clear. Um, other things that we can agree on, I think when it comes to the COVID-19 thing is that the virus is real. Uh, people are getting sick. People are dying. It is fast spreading. Uh, that it it's devastating uh, families, uh, and you know thing things that can shake this mindset up a little bit. And and again, sounds like you probably could do this with your dad, just considering the kind of relationship you have with him. But you could say, Dad, how many deaths are too many? And just well, lay it out for him. It, he doesn't believe it's real. Like he, he thinks that for some reason, I don't know how we got on this page. But it, has, right. it probably has to do with the videos. But he's like, sure. he's like, oh, the doctors are they're, they're paid to, to say it's COVID nineteen. So if anybody goes in there and gets ran over with a bus, and they just mark it down as COVID nineteen. And I was just like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I was like, I don't know what to tell you, Dad. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not going to watch your videos. Like, <laughs> well, you know, I think that the again the conspiracy part of this we could set aside. But I'm looking at a website. And again, I guess he could say, well, it's just the government, but the government has put out a website here in Colorado called covid19.colorado.gov. And what they've done is they've listed out, at least on the page I'm on right now, they've listed out all of the uh, nursing homes in our community, in our state, and number of residents positive, number of residents probable. And I mean, the numbers are staggering, right? It's more than just one. So you know, Dad, let's just use some common sense here. You're telling me that every single healthcare worker on this list has been paid to call it COVID-19. You're, you're, so here's 45 in Arapahoe County. Here's two in Adams County. Here's six in Montrose. Here's 18 in Chafee. Like, and again, there comes a point where the discussion just, you have to move on. But, but because he's your dad... You have a you have a special place in his life where you could plant seeds of reality in his dad, I mean in your dad, and you know to me it's kind of like a challenge. If it was just some stranger on the street, I'd probably let it go. But if it's my dad, then I want to spend some time, you know, because we do have that relationship, and say, "Come on, dad, you're 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 not even reasonable," uh, and that's just not like you because you are a reasonable man. I grew up with you, you know those kind of discussions where you know you're just planting the seeds. However. All this around, and I don't know your dad, so I don't want to make this personal. I just wanted to make it biblical. The Bible says that it's foolish to argue with a fool. And so at some point, you just got to stop. And you're going to have to determine what that that place is. But, you know, if if it was my dad, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd walk that road with him for a little while. So what if, I mean, what would you do if it? If he's been like that, you know, the past 10 years and just like conspiracy, conspiracy, you know, like sometimes I look into it, and, you know, so sometimes it's kind of interesting, but there's got to be a, a line where you draw. And if he's always like that and he, he always name calls when you don't take a side and he doesn't listen and you bring up the Bible and um, you, you pull verses and, and he just kind of shuns you on it. Like, do you just... Is it biblical? Is there a point where you just like, hey, I, it's just toxic? 
Yes, there is a point. Yes, there is. It, there is a point to just move on and create a boundary with your dad that protects your wife, protects your kids, even protects you um, in the sense that the new order of your life is your wife, you, your wife, and Jesus Christ is the foundational building block of your life right now, then your kids, then your in-laws, uh, which would include your dad, your mom and dad. And and yes, it is. it sounds like you're probably already there. So it is okay to establish a boundary um, that says these are, and it doesn't have to be extreme. It could just say these are off-limit topics, Dad. Um, you know, believers don't call names like so. Stop calling names. Like there's so much layered in here that I can sense even in your voice, like the frustration level, even the hurt level. Uh, you don't have to submit yourself to this kind of hurt because it does hurt. That's your dad. Like, come on, Dad. Like we're Hello. we're beyond this. Hello. Um, are you still there? Yeah, I am. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, like, my my whole life, you know, I've always had issues with them, and I've always, you know, the Bible tells you to to forgive, and yes, you basically want to make amends, and you you don't yes. want you don't want to leave on a bad note, and you always you always try to fix things, and um, but you know, since day one that that I remember, you know, like super abusive and drank all the time, and. And then I, it's like I forgave him for that when I got older because, you know, I don't live under his roof. And now it's like I, he's still my dad, and it's like you want to fix it, but there's just, it, is it okay to just let go and just be like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, like I, I can't. I can't help you. Yeah, you're, you're very close to that line. It's okay. Yes. It's okay to shift, you know, let's say – you were giving your dad 80% of your energy. It's okay to shift that, to give that energy to your wife and kids. And, and you know, staying available to your dad, but not having to submit yourself to abusive behavior. And I don't use that word lightly. Um, when a dad degrades his, his adult son with names, that's not okay in the eyes of God. And besides the other things that obviously we don't need to, to air out on the radio, but... I know there are other things. I don't know you personally, but I promise you there are other things. And there's no necessity for you to submit yourself to that. You're a grown adult with your own family. And you can even take the lead in this relationship um, as a grown man, as an equal, as a peer to your dad. Yeah. Because I know I'm supposed to be a spiritual leader. And it's and it, it would basically, you know... I'm, I'm not. I'm not in this house, and you know, it's like one spiritual leader to another. You know, like yes, but you know, if, you, if I don't know, I just kind of yes. want to give up on him. But I, I pray for him, and it's and it's like every time he calls, I'm just like, man, you know, like I hope it's different. <laughs> it's like you know, so it's, it's it's almost like when you're in an abusive relationship, and you just you just like, yes. man, I, I hope you change, and then it, it never happens. It's like, and so you have to change. And that's a great way to to put that because the other person doesn't change. That requires a change in you. And one of the changes is to keep a distance, uh, what what we might call a boundary, to keep a distance. You know, and and some people might be listening and go, "Well, Ed, uh, where's the biblical foundation for a for a decision like that?" Well, there's a lot of biblical foundations for that, but there's a one uh, that comes to mind um, from G from the life of Jesus. Um, that is very interesting. Uh, it's in John chapter 2, uh, in verse 24. Um, it says, 
but Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men. And he had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. And, and so there was a decision of Jesus to not commit himself or not submit himself to, to men. Um, and of course, he had knowledge we don't have. So it's not that we do it based on the knowledge that, um, that we have. Uh, we, don't, we don't do it because of we're all omniscient like Jesus. We're not. But the knowledge that we do have, there, is, there does come a point in time where I just say, you know what? Until there's real change, you know, forgiveness uh, as you mentioned it, forgiveness is mandated by Jesus Christ. It is required on our part for us to forgive, forgive, and forgive some more. However, if a relationship is going to be restored, if, re- if fellowship is going to be restored, then repentance by the person that's been sinning must take place. Without repentance, there is no relationship and that's what people confuse. I remember talking to this pastor. He goes, well, you know, we're brothers in Christ. Yeah, but that brother in Christ has sinned greatly against our family. And, or, and that sister in Christ has sinned greatly against our family. And we forgive them. and We hold it not against them. But we don't trust them. So they won't get the same access to our family. We aren't in fellowship because they're not living in the light. So we aren't in fellowship. You can't just say, oh, we're all brothers in Christ. We're, well, we're brothers in Christ, but that doesn't mean we're walking in the light with one another and that we're in fellowship with one another because repentance is needed. And that's the picture of a person between uh, a person and God, right? God loves the world. He sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for the world. But without repentance, people will never experience that. Yeah. Well, can, can, you, can you pray for him? I can, yes, and I would encourage you, Chad, email me, uh, and I'll send you this information on forgiveness that will just validate and help you biblically walk through some of the feelings that you're having, too. Okay. Uh, so, Father, I pray for Chad and pray for his dad, God, especially we lift his dad up to to you because of the decisions that his dad has made, maybe for the last 10 years, that have been very painful and very hurtful. Uh, and I, I am certain, God, there's a good man in there. Uh, I am certain uh, that there is a re- that that there is a re- this man is redeemable. Uh, we know that we absolutely, but we also pray, God, that you would bring him to a place of repentance, and that you would bring him to a place of surrender and change. And I pray for my buddy Chad as he navigates through this time with his dad, that. I, I love his willingness to work with him, and I love his willingness to hope all things. That's what agape love is, hoping all things, and continue to feed that hope in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you, Ed Taylor. Uh, I hope your family stays safe and healthy. And thank you. I hope the best for you. Okay, buddy. Thank you. 303-690-3000. Doug in Aurora, Colorado. Doug, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Good. What can I do for you? Um, well, I, ha- I had a question about reading some of the more difficult parts of the Bible. Um, okay. I ran across, and the, uh, my biggest challenge is like First Chronicles, where, okay. you know, you start out and you say, okay, here we go, and and 
before I get down to the end of the first chapter, and I am just bogging down. You know, it's, <laughs> it's name after name. And, and, and I can't believe that there's uselessness for all the names. I, I, sure. I, I've read in a little, the, the little summary paragraph or whatever, the, what I forget what you call it, the beginning of the chapters in Bible. Yes. The, Sometimes uh-huh. they give you a little theme or a, and it says, you know, that all these names is, you know, it mentioned that, you know, God forgets nobody and, and he's there, but I'm just, you know, sometimes by the time I get to the sixth chapter, I, and there, there's a, a verse in there that doesn't have a name in it, I'm just chomping at the bit for that one. But is there a is there an easier way or a, a, some kind of advice you can get? Because there there are books that I find it's very difficult to get through. Well, that's definitely not unusual. Uh, so you are. Uh, not experiencing anything that no one else, that anyone else doesn't experience. Those are those can be very difficult passages. Uh, you know those what what are known as genealogies. Um, one one thing I would recommend is for you to take a, a few dollars and invest in this book. You ready? You want to write it down? Sure. It's called Haley's Bible Handbook. That's Haley's H A L L E Y S Bible Handbook. Okay. Right. And it is a it is a small, compact, one volume commentary on the whole Bible, and oh, it will okay. get you through a lot of the difficult passages. It'll get you through um, maybe that list of names and chronicles actually has a broader context to it, so it'll give you the broad context on it, um, and right. we'll be able to show you. It's like when you're reading the Bible, it's. Sometimes you, you and I, we need to come to the Bible and do it because we're obedient. And even if we get nothing out of it, and even if we just plow through it, we're doing it because we're obedient. And we're going to trust that whatever God's purpose was in that particular genealogy uh, is going to be reserved for us in some, some way, some application. But the good news is that... Um, the good news is that the um, the fact that God's word won't return void is going to accomplish his work in us anyway, so we're going to do it obediently. Um, however, there is, anytime you see a genealogy, just remember this. God remembers people by name, number one. Number two, the Jews were very meticulous in writing down genealogies which is very important for us when it comes to Messiah, because now we can validate in one more way that Jesus Christ fulfilled the requirements of Messiah. So every genealogy is a reminder that God is very meticulous in names. That And you could here's a big application right away. If your name was in that chapter, that would be an important chapter for you. Um, because you're like, my, you'd be telling everybody, my name's in the Bible. God mentioned me. He remembered me. And it reminds me that as broad as the Bible is, written 66 books, you know, 15, 1600 years, 40 different authors, spanning, you know, all this time and separation and on and on that goes, that God would right. still identify and know you and me by name. But I think that. Sometimes these chapters aren't going to give us the satisfaction we're looking for. It's much easier to read the Gospel of John or to read 
Philippians than it is some of the genealogy chapters. And, you know, if you wanted to do a study on those names, which is kind of fun, you could go to a free resource like blueletterbible.org, blueletterbible.org, and you could just look up some of those names and see what they mean because the Hebrew language is very descriptive. And some of those names are very yeah. descriptive. And um, But you're right. It's kind of like going through your family tree. You don't know them. Uh, you never met them. You know they're significant to your family. But even after you see a picture of them and see their name, you're like, okay, um, I don't see the significance. And you're like, well, right. here's the significance. You're here today because of them. Um, but same with the Bible. Sometimes you just do it because God calls you to obey. And you focus on the parts that you do understand, not necessarily ones you don't. Okay, yeah, I, I, I found a lot of times that second or third time through, that's when I, when I oh, now it makes sense. Or, or yeah, oh, maybe a, you know, like a name jumps kinda, out and you're like, who's that? The name is that's that yeah, name sounds or, familiar. Or, or, but not, not only in, in, in that one, but in, in, in other parts of the Bible too, because you can, I can, I can go through and, you know, like I've heard from from many people in the past, that the verse jumps at you, just right yep, out off yep. the page. And and yes. Um. Okay. Well, thank you. You're welcome. And my producer Kevin sent me a note that says you can find a free copy of Haley's Bible Handbook on the website archive.org. Oh, okay. So you, so you don't even right. need to buy it. Just go to archive.org and put in Haley's Bible Handbook. Super. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right. Well, we're coming uh, up to the first half of the program already. It's so good. I, it goes by so quickly. Uh, we have a couple open lines. I encourage you to pick them up, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Of course, we have our live texting line. Uh, that is 720-336-0888. Zero eight nine seven seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. That is a dedicated texting line. It's also a dedicated prayer line. And here in Colorado, it snowed today. Uh, they said it was going to be six to eight inches, but it's not sticking on the roads or the sidewalk very much. But it's that heavy late spring snow, so we're stuck. Uh, in many ways in the house, and then there's snow outside, and you're like, oh, Lord, you're so faithful to us. And this is a minor inconvenience for the sake of our submission to you. And we just pray. I pray for my friend Steve, who's battling ALS. I pray for Judy that is battling cancer. Um, I know Donna had some tests and um, just surveying people in my mind that have been battling. I know my brother had just got diagnosed with liver cancer um, after losing his, right after a year after his wife passed away. There's a lot of pain and a lot of hurt in people's lives, um, a lot of fears and anxieties, even victories over cancer. I think of a sister that. Um, is walking in victory over cancer. And, you know, I think of uh, the brother that uh, just lost his wife, a sister that lost her husband. Um, you know, there's there's a lot. And then, and then of course, the brother just lost his dad. And, and then during this time, 
not being able to conduct a funeral, not being able to conduct a wedding, not being able to conduct a, a gathering of people to celebrate life, um, to, the, to just connect with other people. And so we just pray for your mercy, God. We pray for your care and concern to be revealed in us, that we might submit ourselves to you. We're coming up on the first half break. I'd encourage you to give me a call, 303-690-3000. You'll get you, get you on the air. We do have an open line. Or you can text me, 720-336-0897. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to Calvary Live, second half of today's program. Snow day here in Colorado. And wherever you might be listening in, we welcome you. Uh, Grateful to be a small part of what God is doing in your life. One in in the huge panoramic view, I was looking at the word sovereign today uh, in my Bible study, and just so encouraged by that word, uh, sovereign. You should look it up, um, study a little bit. Very very encouraging. See how it's used in different places in the Bible. Uh, we're studying on our midweek Bible study. We're in the book of Daniel. We covered the beginning of chapter ten last night. I encourage you, if you want to follow along with us, you want to join us live. Uh, we are broadcasting live services as much as possible. There are an occasion uh, times where we won't be broadcasting live for various reasons, uh, but since we have had the stay-at-home order, only twice have we not broadcasted live. So that means Pastor Ian and his worship team are there. That means all the crew running the cameras and the video equipment are there. That means I'm teaching a Bible study live like I would on any other service, uh, including the weekend. Um, I chose uh, to keep our service times the way they are so that we're teaching live on Saturday night and we're teaching live on Sunday mornings at 8.45 and 10.45. Uh, and again, there may be some occasion where we can't, or uh, I know some churches are recording ahead of time, and again, I have no problem with that, but I, I want to be live. I want to communicate directly with the people that are there listening live, uh, listening live on the radio. We've also... Uh, we broadcast our services live here on Grace FM, and you can go to our brand new updated website, just updated during the crisis, calvaryco.church. And let's just jump to the phone lines. Crimson is in Denver, Colorado. Crimson, welcome to the program. Hi. Um, so um, I was reading Revelation 7, 4, 8, and I just had a question. Okay. So. So is um fourteen thousand the total that will enter in heaven? The hundred and forty four thousand that's mentioned there? Yeah. Okay, that's a great question. How old are you? Thirteen. Thirteen. Great question for a thirteen year old. So I'm gonna help you answer it without just giving you the answer, okay? I want you okay. to walk on a walk along a little path with me. Okay. Okay. If I could show you 
somewhere in the Bible where there where one other person makes it to heaven above that hundred forty four thousand in Revelation, what do you think the answer would be then? I so if I could show you one person. So let me I get let me I jumped a step for you. What do you think? Hundred forty four thousand only, yes or no? What do you think? My guess is no. Okay. That's a good guess. Do you have a reason why you believe no? Um, because, uh, like, no, I don't, I'm not sure. Okay, that's okay. So the 144,000, this teaching in Revelation that says they're the only ones that make it in was popularized by a false teaching group known as Jehovah Witnesses. And your guess is absolutely biblically correct. There are a lot of people, the Bible says, from every tribe, tongue, and nation that make it into heaven. That's an important phrase, every tribe, tongue, and nation. That, that, means, that means people from all around the world are going to make it to heaven. And you know, according to Revelation, that 144,000 people are Jewish men. So there has to be more people, right? There's more people in the world from every tribe, tongue, and nation uh, that speak different languages, come from different places. They're men and women. Uh, so heaven's going to be filled with them. But I'm going to show you one place. Do you have a Bible right, right with you right now? Sorry, yeah. Okay, take your Bible and open it to Luke chapter 23. So you've got Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And tell me when you get there. So it's really good that you are a Bible student. That's a really good question. Okay, I'm so, there. Okay, jump down to verse 43 in Luke 23 and read it for us. Luke 23, 43. <clears throat> 23? This is 23, yep. Luke 23, 43. Luke is that um, book that has long chapters. And, and Jesus said to him, as you, as, sorry. It's okay. Assuredly, you, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. So that's a pretty cool thing. Did this guy make it to heaven? I'm guessing yes. You're right. And is he a part of the 144,000? No. Correct. So there's your answer. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm glad you went on a little trail with me because I like not only just to give the answer, but to help you think so that when you're coming up with these, you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. 144,000, they're the only ones that get in. I remember the guy hanging next to Jesus on the cross, on his own cross. He made it to heaven. And then you're like, there you go. That's your biblical answer. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Crimson. Keep calling. Okay. All right, bye-bye. Praise the Lord. For your parents, Crimson, that are raising you in, in his ways. So cool. Gloria up in Thornton, Colorado. Gloria, welcome to the program. 
Hi, Pastor Ed. Thank you so much for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, so my question is, I know that Jesus said that in the last days there would be a falling away, that the love of many would grow cold. But I'm also hearing uh, different speakers say that the Word tells us that there's going to be a great outpouring, revival, a whole bunch of people are going to get saved, and the end will come. Is that a one or the other thing, or is that both happening? And what is the Bible? how does the Bible address that? Well, we'll start with the apostasy first. One of the most familiar passages that predict a falling away is in Second Timothy chapter 3. Um, it says that one of the signs of the last days would be this falling away that would take it would take uh, part in in the church, you know, the shaking, you know, because we know, we don't always readily accept this, but we know that not everybody that's in a church is saved. Uh, not everyone that's in a church is um, is a follower of Christ. And so like now, this crisis that we're in right now in our culture, even globally, I've been, I've been seeing as a wake-up call to the church and a global shaking of the church. Uh, everything that can be shaken will be shaken, and and our foundations are being revealed, and whether we're building our lives on the rock. So, the 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 fact that hearts grow cold, there's a falling away, there's a resistance, there's a rebellion, there's lawlessness in culture is definitely a sign of the end times, um, no doubt about it. the The fact that there would be one last outpouring of of God's spirit in the last days one last revival of of salvation isn't so clearly taught in scripture but it's definitely hoped for you know i think that that's a deep hope that that God would do an a last days outpouring um but it's not specifically taught that way there is a theology i was just looking at it today there is a theology known as dominion theology that goes something along these lines, or even kingdom theology, that it's the the church's responsibility to prepare the bride for the return of Jesus Christ, uh, and and what or what they mean is is that through our good works and our preaching and our people getting saved, we will hasten the coming of the Lord. Like it will, it's kind of like what you heard or what you've been hearing. Like this one last outpouring of the Holy Spirit, then the Lord will come back. But but on the prophetic time clock. There is nothing yet that needs to take place prophetically for the Lord to come back at any time. All right. And certainly just want to be looking for his coming and, and, and speed it along, as the Word says. But just, uh, just I appreciate your clarification on that, because I was like, well, yeah, okay. Just wondering what the Scripture would say about that. So thank you. You're welcome, and I happen to be one of those pastors. I I want to see a an end time revival. I mm-hmm. I want to be a part. I want to see it with my own eyes. I want to experience it. I I want to. Mm. I, I would I would love. I mean, and I think in many ways there are these. Uh, when you think of uh, this crisis and what it's done for the church and pressing the gospel mm-hmm. out technologically, like mm-hmm. it's unprecedented. That's unprecedented. We're we're kind of looking at some of the things that are unprecedented, but. Like for one church, like Pastor Greg Laurie, one church to reach mm-hmm. 1.3 million people in one service, that's unprecedented. Yeah. 
and yeah, and exciting. It's awesome. <laughs> it yes, is exciting. Yes, we have so, at our church up here in Thornton. We thought we're doing the video thing too, and uh, they yes. that there were there were um, several several professions of faith. Several people asked yes. the Lord to be their Savior with the uh, um, Good Friday service, the Palm Sunday, and Easter services. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, I agree. It's it, but but it is sad. Uh, you know, if you can read later today, Second Peter chapter three, um, mm-hmm. you'll see that that it, it will be a dark, negative time uh, for professing mm-hmm. believers toward the end of the age. Yeah, well, we're seeing that, but I have several family members and friends that don't know the Lord yet, so I will just continue to be fervently praying for their salvation and that there would be a great outpouring of God's Spirit before you know all this comes to what we know it's going to come to. Yes. Fantastic. Cool. All right. Thank you, brother. Well, thanks Appreciate for calling. All righty. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Let's go right over to Aurora, Colorado. Paula is on the line. Paula, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. I'm giving you a call today um, with a question. What does the Bible say about women, like, teaching um, or even being pastors? I'm just found a new love for the Lord and have just like dedicated myself to reading. I'm on Leviticus now. Um, yes. I was able to finish Matthew. So I'm so in love. Um, and I was talking to my mom who has been damaged by the church before with yes. um, women should be in submission. Um, and specifically this verse, first uh, Timothy or is it second? Tim- yeah. First Timothy um, chapter, two. chapter two, verse 11 mm-hmm. to 14. Um, yes. which 11 to 12 kind of talks of what women should do, uh, and then 13 to 14 talking about why. And, you know, if if the Bible says no, then that's just what it says, and then that's what I'm going to yes. go with. Um, but I, I want, I, I care about what the Bible says. Um, you bet. Personally. Well, let's talk first about your mom and, and just acknowledge that it's sad to hear that she was hurt by and 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 let's clarify she was hurt by someone she wasn't hurt by the bible and someone yeah. took the bible and used it in a in a way to harm her and that's not god's will god's will is not for people to be hurt with the bible but you know it is a sword and and there are unfortunately people that use it in a way to hurt and to destroy so let's go back um and i'm going to let me let me just pray for your mom real quick for the Holy Spirit to minister to her. So, Father, I pray, God, that through the hurt that's been experienced in a church or among leaders, that Paula's mom would experience your comfort and healing, and that you would help her sort out, Lord, what is, what, like her daughter says, what the Bible says, and that's that, and also what it doesn't say, and that she would be able to trust uh, a leader again. She would be able to trust you with the leadership in her life, and and I pray for the comfort and encouragement and strength to come into to her life, Lord. And use Paula in this newfound desire for your word uh, to, to bring love and mercy and grace into the home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let's start Thank with you this. So much. Men and women are equal in the eyes of God. And I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a fancy Bible word. Um, it's called ontological. O-N-T-O-L-O-G-I-C-A-L. And all that really means is, by nature, as a human being, 
you and I are equal. And I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. If I'm a, if I'm a millionaire, let's put it this way. You're a millionaire and I've got $3 in my pocket. You're not better than me. If I'm a millionaire and you have $3 in your pocket, I'm not better than you. In God's eyes, a man and a woman, a male or a female, are not different in their value as human beings, right? Jesus died for men and women, slave and free, every nationality, every tongue. And that's where you have to start. However, you know and I know that there are differences between men and women, very distinct differences. And just because there are dis- dis- differences, again, doesn't change our value. So I already talked about one. So one, so a woman could have a million dollars and a man could be homeless, but that doesn't mean a woman is any better than the man, right? Are you following me so far? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean we're not talking value. Uh, we're not talking about God says, uh, well, boy, you've got more money. So as a woman, you're more important than a man. That language is foreign in from God's perspective. Um, there are things that men um, can do that women can never do, ever, never, right? A woman can never be a dad. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. You could, you, you could never be a dad. I, I could never be a mom. And I know some people might be listening and go, oh, wait a minute, you could act like a mom. Sure, I could act like a mom, but I wouldn't be one. I could be compassionate like a mom, but I'd never be one. Uh, let me give you another one. I could never have a baby. I I'm I am different than a female because God God's will was for women to bear children. That's God's will. That's that's the that's a benefit uh, and a blessing that's been given to women that haven't been given to men. But just because I can be a dad doesn't mean I'm better than you. And just because as a woman uh, a woman can bear children that doesn't mean she's better than me. So there are definitely distinctions and differences between men and women, and they're God-given distinctions. Let me give you another example, and then I'll jump into a brief um, explanation of this text. Um, the president of the United States, I don't care who it is, so we don't need to worry about who, who's the president, but is the president of the United States better or more important than a baby that was born at Denver Hospital yesterday no. in the eyes of God. You said, you said no? No, yeah, no. Is there a difference, though, between that president of the United States and that baby was born? Um, I mean, if they're like a woman or a man, but not in the eyes of God as in value, not because he right. might have more money. Right? Like the president has more responsibility. The president has to make more decisions. Like he's, they're definitely different, but yeah. not in the eyes of God. So you got it. You're with me so far. So bring that thought into the Bible and understand that God has specified roles and responsibilities in his Bible, in the Word. For example, in the Bible, who does the Bible say is the head of the household? The man. The man. If there is a dad in the house, and a dad listening to me, or a husband in the house listening to me right now, God has placed the responsibility of spiritually leading that home on his shoulders. Not exclusively, but primarily. 
and that's his responsibility. He'll have to answer to God for that. Um, and and the and it's unfortunate that some men, some women have to play the role of husband. I think of a lot of single moms in our church that have to play the role of a single mom, and they they have to be dad, and they've got to do all these things. But that's not God's design. Sin has wrecked it all. God's God has a design and and His order. So the Church of Jesus Christ is to be led by men, and and that means those that are taking the pastoral elder role, according to God, has been given to men. Now we've already talked about this broad scope, so don't we don't want that to be an offensive statement because it's not. Because women can do a lot of things in the church. They can teach. They can lead worship. Um, they can share in the word. Uh, they can lead. Some of the, some of the most um, strongest leaders in our church are women. Um, I think of my own wife. I think of my daughter. Um, very strong leaders. You think of Miriam. She was a worship leader. Deborah was a judge. Holda was a prophetess. Anna was a prophetess. Priscilla was a teacher. She was a Bible teacher. Uh, Phoebe was a deaconess. Uh, and many women played an important role within the body, within the ministry of Jesus Christ. And then when you come to when you come to 1 Timothy 2, it has been misused. It has been corrupted. Like it, it's been used to to harm women throughout the centuries. But I believe that the limitation that's placed here is merely the limitation of a woman in being a pastor leading a church. There are a lot of other places where women can be used in the body of Christ, can be phenomenal Bible teachers, phenomenal servants of the Lord, deaconesses, speak forth the word of God, exhorting. Like there, But that particular role of leadership, the elder and the pastor, I believe is reserved for men. Thank you. I appreciate it. And again, I'd like I don't I don't want to get offended by the word of God. If that's what it is, it just is what it is. And if I'm right or the Bible's right, the Bible is right. And I know that God loves me very much and doesn't mean for me to feel less. Um but I, I think of my mom that we were talking about yesterday that she mentioned that the Bible might be wrong in some places and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. What are you saying? I'm like, no, this yes. is our foundation of our faith, and this, and of course it's going to get attacked. But it, that person that told you that you should submit to everything that your husband says is yes, you should, but in everything that's not sinful, and God loves you, and it's, He's not there to hurt you or make, to make you feel less. So I appreciate that's it. a very clear. You're very wise and very mature in your understanding because it's true that the the Bible has been used to justify very sinful, horrible things over the years, but that doesn't mean that the Bible is wrong. It means that men have used it wrongly. For example, the idea of submission, it is true that if when you get married— uh, when in your mom's marriage, my wife, it is true that the Bible instructs wives to submit to their husbands as unto the Lord. That is true. But the Bible also says that within the marriage, there's mutual submission. So I too have a role of submission in my marriage. I have a responsibility to love my wife and care for her and 
And if I were to hurt her or harm her, which I did in the early years of our marriage, she would she would still be obligated to find a way to obey the word of God without submitting herself to the sinful part of my life. Like there's nowhere in the Bible that tells my wife to submit to uh, abuse. There's nowhere in the Bible that tells your mom to submit to mishandling or verbal abuse or you know physical abuse. That's not in the Bible. That's not submission. That's not biblical submission. And so, you know, that's a whole different Bible. That's a whole different discussion altogether. But I want to say that you're very wise and mature in how you're handling the Word of God. And I'd say continue it. Thank you. I appreciate it, Pastor. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Johnny uh, dropped off and called back. So I got a couple minutes. I'm going to pick up Johnny here. Uh, on line one in Longmont. Johnny, you got a couple minutes. I'm sorry, but that's all we got. You're on the air. Hey, I just want to uh, <laughs> thank you, Ed Taylor. I think we're all, we're all, uh, uh, all a lot of pastors just know the Holy Spirit's working through you, and uh, I just know we'll all be someday in heaven someday. It is my family in heaven. I just wanted you to pray for my ministry real quick. I'm a jailhouse preacher from Las Vegas. I've been here 18 years. I, I met the district attorney of Boulder, got me started working in Boulder, but now I'm working in Denver, and it's kind of stopped everything with this whole what's going on. Oh, yeah. So we started working in the streets, and because yeah. uh, I started Jesus for Christ, he, uh, so we work in the streets with gay community, and we work in the streets, and we don't have the protection uh, uh, we have. Uh, right now, we work on 38th and Federal. I worked at church. They let us stay out there during the services. People point. We actually hold a cross and a Bible, and it's the truth. And uh, yeah, it, it's, an, it, it's just a regular. Uh, 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 we just want to pray for our ministry, sir, that we can reach that. Pray for us so we can get back in the prison. Pray for us that we can use because can, we work in the streets so we can see people are lost. Because normally when we work in the streets, they flip us off. We work on 30th and Federal, sir, they point guns at us. We can see they're, we can see, we can see they're on drugs. We tell them there's no peace in drugs, only peace in Jesus. Or they drive by in their BMW. We tell them no peace in your money. So we have an alternative to yell. We talk to people. And, of course, people call the police on us. Uh, well, the neighborhood is changing, so they don't really don't know. They call us punks. So I just want you to pray for us, sir, because, see, this, we stir. We work in the streets. We don't have the protection. Sir. All right. Well, let's uh, pray. Father, I pray for my brother Johnny as he adjusts his life to the challenges that we're uh, facing. I pray that you would protect him physically uh, from the madness uh, that is on the streets of Denver. Uh, up and down the front range of most cities. I pray, God, that you would show him favor with the gospel, that you would open doors that no man can close, that you would close doors that no man can open. Um, I pray, God, that he um, would be, would he, would, that he would find favor, supernatural favor, where you alone get the, get the glory for the great things you have done in his life. And we pray, finally, God, and we request for not only the jails to open back, but for normalcy or a new normalcy to be given back to, <clears throat> to us through this uh, challenging time, uh, that we would be able to come back to a place of normalcy, of ministry, and opportunity. Um, Lord, that you would have your way with us, and we would find you would find among your church a... Um, humble, broken, contrite group of people 
that are not haughty, um, not arrogant, not idolatrous, but rather submissive, broken, and ready to do all good things according to your word, empowered by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, well, we're coming up on the end of today's show. Thank you guys all for calling, for texting. Uh, I know we didn't get to everything, but that's normally the way it is. Um, We are praying for wisdom in the leaders that have been given to us. I know that uh, it seems like the leadership in our state and in our country are calling evil good and good evil, and in many ways you would be right. So the question is, what is God's responsibility? What is God's requirement upon you that you have the privilege of living in the last days? And even in our staff meeting among our team yesterday, I asked the question, uh, how are we applying with the new restrictions placed upon us? How are we making our decisions in the grid of in the grid of when disciples send? How are we making decisions based upon the new reality? Uh, and uh, we had some some great questions, uh, great answers to that. It's very important that we recognize that God is calling us to evangelize and to get the gospel out and to be faithful. And I pray that into your life, that you would be found faithful. Well, that's the end of a show. Hey, con- connect with me. I've been posting a lot at edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org. Download our free app on your app store. Just put in the name Ed Taylor. Our apps pop up. I'd love to hear from you. God bless you guys. We'll see many of you online church this weekend. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.